Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Your support means a lot to us. We're on episode number 15. Yeah, I was actually a little afraid that you guys weren't supporting as much, so I had to go to a podcast support group this week <laughs> and stand up and tell everybody how much of an issue I was having with it. But oh I appreciate that you're back. Um, so we're going to jump right in with our lifestyle tip this week. And it's pretty simple. I thought of it this morning. I'm going to be completely honest about that. Because I feel as though women are good at this, but men aren't. And I feel like we have a lot of male listeners. I, I actually think we might have more male listeners than female listeners. But um, you guys, when it, whenever you wash your face or whenever you get out of the shower, morning, night, afternoon, middle of the day, it is so, so important to moisturize your face. So important. Go ahead. You, you do it all the time. I do. I use Egyptian magic. We've talked about this in a past episode before, but I buy Egyptian magic. You can get it online. You can buy it at Whole Foods if you like to buy that type of stuff in store. But it's very, very simple ingredients. Um, and I think it works way better than any other type of moisturizing lotion I've ever used. I use it for my face. And I highly recommend it. I think I'm, both I, for men and women, it yeah, works super good. I think good. that any kind of moisturizer works. Um, as long as it's got like the basics in it. I disagree. But, no, but the point is like when you get out of the shower, when you wash your face, you don't want to rub it. You, you want to pat your face dry with your towel. Never, ever rub your face. And then use the moisturizer immediately following. Don't go around and like pluck your eyebrows or go put your underwear on. Like immediately put moisturizer on because you want to lock in the moisture that you have and the steam that you just created from your shower onto your face. Exactly. The reason I was triggered to talk about this is because I just almost dropped my Don't head. you? I think what, what you do too though is when you're doing that process, you take a quick trip to Japan and you get bamboo to rub and massage <laughs> on the follicles no. of your hair and then your skin so you can rub everything in no. nice and slow. No. That's what Nina does. Nina's, Nina's skincare is, is a ridiculous routine. Yeah, it is. But look, she found, she found the fountain of youth, so it's working all right. I do look young for my age. I know I do. But here's the thing. The reason I was triggered to, to mention this again and talk about it again for both men and women is because... I recently had a facial at a new spot, at a different spot. And just because I was new, I kind of wanted to ask the girl, like, you know, what do you think about my skin? And they, like, inspect your skin with, like, these machines and whatnot. And she goes, wow. And she's like, like, the elasticity in your skin is, like, incredible. She's like, really? Like, what do you do? And I was, I was like, listen, I was like, I'm bad about getting facials every month. I try, like, once every two months. Sometimes I do go three months in a row, and then I stop again. But... My biggest trick is moisturize and sunscreen. I think it's time. interesting that the elasticity in your skin, like the more elastic it is, is better. Because if you think about just elasticity in general, it means like being able to like stretch out. And it's kind of funny if you think about it because that term is used for having good skin, the more elastic it is. But in reality, like if your skin's able to stretch out, logically, it kind of seems like your skin would droop. It's not really about stretching out, though. It's about like, will you get wrinkles, like deep set wrinkles? How moisturizes your face or is it dry and cracking? Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of factors that go into it. But um, another thing I also recommend is drinking lots and lots of water. I'm not the best at this anymore. I keep, I go in and out of bouts of it. But you should be drinking at least eight to ten like eight ounces glasses of water every single day. Your body weight is what you should be drinking um, in water, in ounces. But I know that not all of us get to that, but definitely, definitely always moisturize. Please do not ever forget to do that. You can tell um, there's scientific proof of this, of people who just did a simple moisturizer every single day for their entire life versus the ones who didn't or the ones who didn't wear sunscreen. 
and you can see their skin. Like there's just more wrinkles on their face and their faces are droopy and their eyes have a lot of wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying that moisturizer kind of saves you a little bit. You, you age more gracefully. Yeah. One of the things that I've been doing that's been super beneficial is harvesting baby stem cells to inject in my forehead <laughs> and it's taken away all my crow's feet. I know, because they're, they're hard to come by. It takes a while to harvest those bad boys. There's a whole ritualistic Masonic routine that I go through so, <laughs> to, so get them, to get them right to the right amount of ripeness for injection. So um, well, one other thing, actually, that I think is important to note that I've been testing out for about the last six days is do I've... Botox? Do I get Botox? No, I've never gotten Botox before. I haven't. Do you get lip injections? Definitely. Do you get butt injections? Um, don't want to talk about that on the air, <laughs> but... I got some junk up in my trunk. I feel real nice about it. You have the flattest butt ever. <laughs> I know. I have like the flattest butt in the world. Um, but one of the things that I've been testing for like the last five or six days that I actually like so far, surprisingly, is I'm taking ice cold showers. So in the morning after I work out and right before bed, I am taking ice cold showers. And so I haven't taken a hot shower in almost a week now. Well, you shouldn't wash your face with hot water either. So that's actually a good thing for your face. That's what I was saying. So I've noticed since I started doing that, that one, I'm more efficient in the shower because it's super cold, right? And so you get in, you get out. But also from a skin perspective, I feel like it tightens your skin up because what your body is doing is it's actually like shivering almost while it's in there and it's converting energy to kind of, you know, create that body heat. And but while it does it, it actually like tightens your skin. I notice like when I get out of the shower, my whole body is like super tight in terms of like skin and muscles and things like that. And I actually did some research around it. So there's a guy called Wim Hof who really made this popular. And that's why a lot of people are taking these ice baths because this guy will straight up like dive in the Arctic. And like he creates these breathing routines that you start doing before you get in the cold water and while you're in there that basically regulate your body temperature so it's not such a shock. But what it actually does is it has a lot of benefits to it. It increases blood flow and circulation throughout the body. Like I know after I take one before sleep, I lay down and I'm asleep like within five minutes. Like I'm sleeping much quicker. I'm falling asleep afterwards. And um, because your blood pressure is inside. Why did you just do that? Yeah. For? So, <laughs> um, but besides that, another thing I've noticed a benefit from is they're supposedly in your body. I wasn't really aware of this before, surprisingly, and I've done a lot of nutritional research, is there's regular fat on your body. And then there's also stuff called brown fat. And brown fat is basically not the type of fat you can necessarily burn off from exercising. Um, But when you expose your body to cryotherapy or these ice cold waters, it actually stimulates this brown fat and can start to work the energy through to actually make you leaner. And so I've noticed since I've started it, aesthetically, I feel like I'm I'm leaner. I can talk to you about that. But um, you bring up a good point, though, which reminds me, I'm sure some of our listeners have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we're clowning in here today yeah, guys yeah, so you guys can't see this but like we're making like stupid sign language at each other while one is talking i'm speed i'm like doing like egyptian hieroglyphic sign language <laughs> he's trying to make me laugh while i'm talking um you know that roller the face roller that i take out of the freezer sometimes and i like roll the moisturizer or like the face oil yeah it's made from vibranium right black no, panther no it's not um i don't know what it's made out of actually but um you can get them at, like ulta beauty or amazon and uh they're like these face rollers that you put in the freezer, and when you put your moisturizer on or your face oil on at night, you can use that in an upward motion, and it's, it's cold. It's frozen, and the whole point is that it helps seep into your skin. It helps lift and firm the skin because it's cold. That's like the whole point of it. But um, that's something else that people can try at home. It's a super inexpensive little tool found anywhere. Uh, okay, let's get on to our topic. Get, you're on Instagram right now. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I just called you out. No, I'm actually taking a note. 
But anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. Okay, I may have been on the gram. Okay, go All ahead. Right, today we're going to talk about how to stay motivated. And I'll start off by saying this. I think that it's important to note here before we jump in on how to stay motivated that people who are listening, it, it's important to share with you guys that you may think or perceive other people around you to be extremely like on the go, on the move, all hyper, motivated, focused, go-getters, hustlers. And I think it's important to admit to everybody that's listening to this podcast that there are bad days. No matter who you're looking at or observing, that person has their tough days. Nobody is motivated 100% of the time. Nobody is on all the time. You don't know, you don't get to see or hear the dialogue that another person may be going through internally just to get themselves out of bed in the morning or just to prep for a meeting or a sales call or especially when things are tough and not propelling forward as quick as you want them to and we've talked about this. Everything is a process in life and people outside only see your highlight reel. But really people close to you and most importantly you yourself only know that I have more unmotivated days than motivated ones. And what I mean by that is I have to work at it. No matter what I'm doing, I have to get up and work at it. It's an attitude. It's a mental adjustment. It's a mind frame. It's a mindset that I have to consistently work on. So if you're someone who's out there and, and probably sits around, watches TV, or goes to their 9 to 5, or is trying to change up their life or their career, and, and you can't find the motivation, or you have more bad days than good days, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's important to acknowledge that it doesn't mean anything. It just means that you're not putting in more effort. And in those scenarios, it's important to listen to your body at those times because if you feel like you're just not motivated and you're just lethargic, that could be your body telling you, take a break, take a little bit of rest, take a digital detox, you know, sign off for a day or two and get some extra sleep that weekend and then come back at it refreshed. That's a really good point. And you know what? I'm going to say this, and I know I don't want to like upset anybody, but Brian, you're one of the very few people, especially males, of any male that I know, you're very open and honest, because you've said this to me several times, that like, listen, if you're not feeling it today, stop. Respect your divine feminine. Just, re- <laughs> just relax. Respect it. Wait, Tap we're, in. We're tell everybody the story Tap into your divine feminine. <laughs> Before we end the podcast. That's what I tell Nina. <laughs> So like, Nina's always tapped into her masculine. I didn't tell her to tap into am, her divine I feminine. Very, yeah, I have a very alpha male, like masculine side to me. Yeah. I'm the alpha and omega of that. From me, but you know what I'm saying? You you have more feminine like qualities to you, but that's why we balance each other out. But it's and like, why I wear and why I wear heels to work. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say it without laughing. Something today. <laughs> oh goodness. But that's why I think that it's important to just like relax and go easy on yourself because the harder you push I feel like it's just an uphill battle and then you start to grab at things right like you start to like grab at things that are not true to yourself you start to like these push-pull movements start to happen if you're like trying to do a sales call you become a pushy salesman if you're trying to look for your career change you try to grab at anything you possibly can do and it's just not worth it in the end so before we get into it just just know and acknowledge that not everybody is motivated. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Tony Robbins. I don't care if it's Gary Vee. I don't care if it's Drake. I don't care if it's Young Jeezy. I don't care if it's Lil Yachty. I don't care who you are. No, I don't care if it's Where's Waldo. No, really. Like, I don't care. How, or even Jeff Bezos. Like, trust me, they all have their days. And they have to physically, mentally, and emotionally work at that motivation. And I think that's the trick. And that's what sets people apart 
You know, that's the those that's the difference between people who reach their goals and the ones who don't. Is do you have the discipline to motivate yourself on the days that you don't feel motivated? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And if we loop in the beginning of the podcast, if you're having a day where you're just like really challenged with motivation, put some moisturizer on your face. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Guaranteed it'll turn your whole day around. I'm going to talk about this too. A good morning routine and a good bedtime routine can really set the tone. This is true. It really can. Like if you're the type of person to like, you know, light some incense or some candles before bed or put some like lavender oils in your room and take a cold shower, like take care of your skin, moisturize it, put your hair up, silk pillowcases, that stuff can really help you because you tend it to yourself. You're not just giving all day. We're running around giving, 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 doing, doing, doing. So if in the morning and at, in the morning time before you start your day and in the evening time, if you do things that you want to do for yourself to pamper yourself, I think that's very important. Like that's going to help you. Um, I don't know if you have certain things to share, but I have four tips and tricks that I personally do. I'll sprinkle in some okay. some G stats along the way. Okay. So the first one is I now, now at the age of 31, have a very dedicated attitude and mentality towards like my goal. And before I get into this one, just a little disclaimer, you can't be dedicated and have this attitude and be focused and motivated if you don't have a clear goal in mind. So go back to, I don't even know what number of podcasts that was, but it was the one we're talking about growth mindset and the one about manifesting. You have to get very, very clear with a lot of patience because it's going to take time to get clear on what it is that you want to do with your life. There's only one thing that I think of in terms of what you're saying, in terms of the only thing that I allow to get in between me and the goal that I'm going after is time. Nothing else matters. I just fell off my chair. It's okay. You can fall off your chair all you want. Um, but basically what I'm saying is like when I try to go after something and I know I'm going to get it and I'm working on manifestation to receive it and putting my intentions there and doing things on a daily basis, the only thing I allow to get in between me and that goal is time. I know, but I'm saying that you have to first people, before they get to that mindset, that frame, that focus, you know, you have to be motivated towards something. Sure. It's you have to be clear on what it is that you're working or motivating yourself for. And I, I, by the way, I listened to my last episode for like the first time in, in months. And I realized that I always like talk in strings of sentences like, hey, whether it's a career goal or a fitness goal or this, and I'd go on lists. That goes without saying that everything that we talk about in this podcast, guys, applies to any area of your life, really. Um, and this too, just like that, I know that I kind of shift always towards a career goal because that's probably the biggest change I've made in my life in the last few years. Personally, and it was the biggest, toughest growing moment that I've had too. But really... Even when you're trying to lose weight or do something, you have a goal in mind. You have a, a picture in your mind. You have something or you have a number on a scale or you have like genes that you want to fit into. The same goes for any other area or aspect of your life that you need to be able to have that clear, authentic, true to your heart purpose and goal in mind. And then you start with these four. What is so funny? I'm not even laughing. You were smiling. Paranoia. Look at you. Look Paranoia. At you. Then you start with these four things. So a dedicated attitude and a very fixed mind, like a mental mental toughness, I want to call it. And by this, I mean that once I have this goal in mind, and it could be small or big, it could be a micro goal, a macro goal, whatever, I tend to now at this point value my my desires over other people's. I, I have this in, in a very unselfish way and in a very humble way actually in a very deserving positive loving manner i come from a place of i deserve it 
You know, this is my goal. This is my dream. I deserve to do X, Y, Z towards it. Or I owe it to myself to get up today and get knock these five things off my list. If I don't make it to the fifth one, it's okay. I will get it tomorrow morning. But I will do X, Y, Z. So it's, it's a mindset already that I wake up with or I go to bed with that it's for me. It's a promise to myself. It's working towards my dreams and my goals. And if I'm not going to do it, who else is going to do it? Mm-hmm. If I'm not the one who's going to fulfill my own heart and fill up my own quote-unquote cup with what makes me happy and what I want to work towards, who else is going to do it for me? I can't sit there. And uh, Another thing. I cannot sit there. <laughs> Brian, you're making me laugh. I'm not trying to fill up my cup. I'm trying to have my cup runneth over. Listen, I'm not going to sit home or sit in the office or wherever and just constantly think about of why something's not happening if I'm not even taking action towards it. The quickest way to eliminate fear and anxiety towards a goal is to take action yeah. in a direction. Because otherwise you sit there and you just think about it and you start to ponder why is it not happening? Why did it happen in a different way I anticipated? Just start moving in one direction. And what you'll learn through that is maybe things will work, maybe they won't, but you're testing out stuff to figure out what does. Exactly. So you'll have that forward momentum and that clarity will eventually come. So definitely have to have a very, a dedicated attitude, a very strong mental toughness, but also coming from a place of love for yourself. And that's how I look at things like, but this is for me, like I want to do this. There are certain things that I have like goals for that like, and I don't want just any Italy trip this summer. Like I want this thing to be huge. It's gonna be like 18 days long. Like it's gonna be massive. It's gonna be like hitting up every single city or every single area in Italy, like back and forth. But I'm just like, I'm waiting for the right thing to come across the table. I'm waiting for, And I do it because I'm like, I owe it to myself. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to go to this place and see these things. I could be that type of person. Oh my gosh, it's just not working out. They're overpriced. I can't find the right package. The dates aren't working. No, every day I'm doing a little bit of research every single day. And I tell you about it every time you come home. Like every day I'm looking up things. Every day I'm trying to find the thing. And I know that when it's meant to be, it's going to happen. And that's what fuels me. I don't just sit back and give up after one try. You know, this podcast, for example, if you go back and listen to episode one, it sucked. Like, I was talking in run-on sentences, saying um all the time, dropped a few F-bombs in there too. It just, it wasn't my best episode. But had I not gone through it and put myself out there and learned what to do and what not to do, I wouldn't be here today. And I'm only on episode 15. We're going to get to 100 and 200. We're going to change. We're going to get to video podcasts. So you have to continuously progress and work towards it and push yourself. If you ask me today, I shared this on my IG story today. Am I 100% motivated today to record? No, I was tired today. I don't know what it was about today. Two matcha drinks in and I'm still tired. But I told myself it was a promise I made that every week we're going to release one episode. No matter what. I don't care if you have to pre-record them. I don't care if I have to force myself. And I know that the happiness I'm going to get after this when we go home or the happiness I'm going to have and fulfillment I'm going to have tomorrow morning when I wake up and I know, yes, one more week down, I did it, is going to be priceless. Like, you do it for yourself. You do it for you because you value your own dreams, your goals, and your vision, so to speak, of whatever that is. So... That's where you have to have be, be very dedicated to yourself. Be loyal to yourself and to your own dreams. That's right. Do you have anything to add, add to that one? No, I think you really summed it up well. The only thing I would say is that people, when you're setting goals, I think it's really important to have a timeline on them. So you're shooting for something and then you can break it down in subtasks and how you're going to get there. But it could be micro goals. 
and they could be easier. Correct. But when you set, I think a very common thing for people is when you set a goal, set a reasonable goal that you think you can hit, but then push it up a little bit further in, in terms of timeline, like make it a little faster than what you think is reasonable because it'll help you work further. But once you set that goal, don't get impatient along the way. I think it's human nature for people to be like, why isn't this happening right now? Like you get a couple weeks into it and maybe you set a 12 month goal and all of a sudden you're three, four weeks in and you're like starting to get frustrated because it's not happening as fast as you want or it's not happening in the way you anticipated. You got to throw that out the window. That's ego based and you got to get rid of it because you know, it'll happen over time and you just have to be persistent and consistent with everything that you're doing. So don't get impatient when you're moving that way. And sometimes when you wake up and you have these days where you're challenged with your motivation, just understand that you have to work through that. You have to be like, okay, this is just one day. You know, I've got 364 other ones where I can make it count. It's okay. It's totally okay. You know, relieve yourself from judgment from that and just keep moving forward. Well, I have something to say about that because that's a good point. Do you feel, and, and, tell me if I'm wrong because this is what I was thinking while you just mentioned that is do you feel that when somebody you me or anybody is getting impatient with something right if you're getting like impatient about something or you're getting impatient about the um, time frame or the timeline that you set for yourself I look back and now I think about it if I was being impatient about something I was either not wanting it bad enough or I was trying to speed it up and make it faster to prove something to somebody else. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. the things that I truly am passionate about right now that I care about right now, I'm okay with the time. I understand it's going to take time. I've even said to you, Brian, I'm giving this five years. I'm giving this five years. I'm going to dedicate my life to X, Y, Z. It's okay. Like if I don't go on this vacation that I'm trying to plan, it's okay. Like, I'm not in a rush with a lot of things all of a sudden. And I think it's because I have spent the last several years shedding what it is that wasn't for me, that I thought I wanted because everybody else told me that's what I wanted, what I thought I wanted because society was accepting of it. So I was constantly trying to chase, 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 and make it happen by a certain age, trying to attain something by a certain age, trying to do something. They were all external things that weren't going to give me happiness at the end of the day anyway. So I think that's very important that even if you do set a time frame, just know that you're, when you care about something and you want it bad enough and your passion it's for you and you're on the right path, that's not going to matter. You're not going to try to speed anything up. You're going to learn to re- pause, relax, reflect, and enjoy the journey no matter what it is. And what's good about that too is say you get to your mark for when you were supposed to hit your goal and you have that mindset that you just described and say it's five years, for example, by that point, you're going to be so deep in and you're going to have so much traction that even if you don't hit your goal exactly what you want at that time, you're not going to give up because you've already invested this much time and you're like, okay, I'm I'm, going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go this much longer. And then that's sometimes what it takes because sometimes you don't hit your goals in the timeline that you want and that's okay. But you just want to make sure that you understand that you've invested this time. Don't give up on it. Just keep moving forward. I agree. The second thing I do to help me stay motivated is um, I have a variety in my routine except my mornings. So what I mean by that is I try to, first of all, my mornings are not a variety. I try to wake up lately without an alarm. Um, I used to be big on waking up at 5 a.m. Last month or so, I've kind of switched it around just because I don't want to be waking up with like extremely jolted out of bed anymore. It's like, I don't need to be, you know, I have the luxury of waking up whenever I want to. So I try to wake up without an alarm, but normal, 
naturally it's usually between six and seven that I'm up. And my first thing is to take the dogs out. Then I bring them back in, put them in their crate. And then I go upstairs, brush my teeth, like take care of myself. I put some gym clothes on, go downstairs. Sometimes I do a pre-workout, sometimes I don't. And the first thing I do is work out, whether it's at the gym or it's um, at the studio called Plank. Um, I always, or go for a run outside. That's like the first thing I do. So already, by the time I get to the gym, I'm kind of, oh, and I also do my positive affirmations while I'm getting ready in the bathroom, while I'm walking the dogs, while I'm drinking my pre-workout, driving to my gym or to the fitness class. I'm doing my positive affirmations and like my gratitude mentally. Like I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the warm weather today. So I'm already in like this positive mindset and grateful mindset by the time I get to my workout class. But then I'm just in the I'm in the moment. I'm not trying to think about X, Y, Z or my day ahead of me or all the things I have to do or thinking about you or anybody else. I'm trying to just be in the moment, focused on my body. And this is because I've learned recently that a very mindful exercise does more for your muscles and toning and losing weight than when you're just running to to like escape mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot let your mind run when you're working out. And I know not a lot of people put focus on this or talk about it, but there's a lot of research and study behind this. That you have to be very mindful in those 50 minutes to an hour that you're working out. Be focused on your body. Be grateful for it. Be positive about it. Don't be like, don't let your mind go wandering. So I do that. And then I come home, let the dogs out, feed the dogs, take a shower. And then I come downstairs and I make a matcha latte. Protein shake and then I make a matcha latte. And I actually sit down at a table either outside in our backyard or inside in our kitchen. And I sit alone and just enjoy it. And I, ne- I don't look at my phone. I don't look at how long it's taking me to do that. I don't care. Like, it's just my moment. Then I go on with my day. My, my skin routine is after my shower, too. That, that takes time. Uh, only two hours. I know. So that, that's what makes me happy. Now I feel like I've given myself everything I need. Personally, this is what Nina needs. And now she's got it. And then I go on about my day. That sets my tone for the day. Um, as far as variety in my, for the rest of my routine, I keep that a, um, very colorful. But what I mean by that is nothing extravagant, nothing crazy, nothing expensive, nothing out there. I'll just tweak certain things. Like, okay, if, I'm, if I have these goals for this week, if I get XYZ done on Monday, then I can go, you know, go grab a smoothie by myself on like Wednesday or something. You know, like I, I reward myself almost. So I look forward to these tiny things or these tiny milestones for myself throughout the week. Or, hey, if I do X, Y, Z, or I sell X, Y books, or I get this done with the podcast before Thursday, I'm going to go check out the Lululemon store. So I do tiny things for myself to keep myself motivated and going. Does that make sense? It like does. I, that's how I do things. Or certain shows. I'm not a big binge watcher anymore i do like my reality tv shows here and there but now with power starting the 50 cent show on sunday this sunday i know that i'm going to give myself like okay fridays we record but that means all day saturday and all day sunday morning i want to go to the office with you and i want to knock all my creative stuff off the list all of it has to be prepared my videos my ig stories my highlights the micro blogs everything that takes up my work week during the week has to be finished in that time frame and then Sunday night I can watch that show so I make tiny little things for myself that make me happy in the moment and then I'm like okay I'm motivated to to get my shit done because then I'm gonna go do this Mm -hmm. and I also very very much look forward to trips that we take um 
your friends are coming in next weekend. I'm looking forward to that already. So I know I have a lot of stuff to get done before that, and I'm motivated. We're going to Dallas two weeks later. I'm motivated with that. And I actually look forward to those things and enjoy them fully because I feel like I gave it my all and I deserve it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's, just like a, it's, like a mental, it's like a mental trick for myself, basically. Sure. But that's what I mean by keeping variety. Um, the third thing I do is on a tough day, I will always go back to why I started, what my bigger vision is, because it's so easy to get caught up in like the weeds. You know, there's, there's a saying out there, I don't want to work in my business. I want to work on my business. And when you're starting out, and I, Brian, you know this too, like you get stuck in it, unfortunately. Yeah, and this is something that we work with entrepreneurs a lot about is how to get out of the business and focus on the bigger picture stuff more, especially for the CEOs of the company, and then divide the labor for the more in the business stuff separately. And some of the things that we do with them is we help them define very specific metrics with their goals that they can measure on a weekly basis. And what this does is it shows, you know, are you actually moving the needle in terms of growing the business or are you just being very, very busy? A very common thing with startup companies is having so many things to do and not knowing where to start and then spending all your time in areas that are not efficient for scaling the company. And so that's why it's so important, I think, to get honest with yourself when you're setting these different types of metrics and then hold yourself accountable in a very transparent manner with the rest of your team so that you make sure you're hitting your goals. Um, You know, I think some of the quickest growing organizations and some of the ones that are the most successful have this theme of radical transparency in terms of everything that's done. And when you put yourself in that, yeah, so he did with Bridgewater Capital um, and that he had a thing where, I mean, his was to the extreme. They like recorded every meeting that they were in and then they would put it in a video file and email it out for anybody in the company to watch so that everybody knew what the goals were and everybody was aligned with the culture. Um, so his was like to the extreme, even to the point where some people didn't like it and ended up leaving the company. But he became one of the most successful investors of all time and his, you know, grew to billions and billions of dollars. Um, but his theme was radical transparency in absolutely every area of the business, including me, the CEO of the company, like every thing that I say I'm going to do, I want the rest of my company to hold me accountable for doing that because I don't want to have an out just because I'm the owner of the business, right? I want you to hold me accountable just like I'm holding you accountable. And so by doing that, it helps you hit your goals and it also allows you to direct your intentions and energy in a direction that is moving the needle with the business. Yeah. And it could be your business. When I mean business, it's not just entrepreneurs and owners of companies. It's also your own macro goals, your micro goals. Like, are you, are you, what you're doing, are you just doing it to do it? Or is it actually, you know, pushing you forward? And as you, yeah, results and outcomes. And as you do that, you'll learn that you'll be able to figure out how to divide the labor within the company, which will allow the person to step back and look at the big picture, you know, see the forest above the trees. Mm -hmm. And then from that vantage point is where you make the truly monumental strategy decisions, innovation decisions, and figure out what direction you want to take the company. Or if you're you're applying the situation to your personal life, figure out what you're doing Mm -hmm. and how you're going to take it and what direction you're going to go as opposed to being so bogged down and in the weeds with stuff every day. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in that. So I, what I do is I try to keep that big vision mm-hmm. in my mind all the time. Um, especially on the tough days, it's like, oh, but like, this is my dream, you know, like I'm not there yet, but in five years I will be like, this is what, and I have to do this to get to this. I have to get these numbers to get here. And that's what keeps me going. And sometimes 
you know, they say imagination is like your best friend. You have to imagine those things and assume that to be true. Like if that's what you want, then that's your path. And this is going to sound really odd, but a trick that I do sometimes in my car when I'm driving is I picture a future Nina, like my future self in five years who's attained all the goals that I have written down for myself right now. What does she look like? What, what, I mean, how does she dress? What does she speak? Like, what does she drive? You know, how does she feel every day? What is she doing today in her free time now that she's attained X, Y, Z? I look at that Nina in the future. Like, I'm able to project into that, and I'm just like, okay. Like, that's who I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for her, basically myself. I'm holding that person, a.k.a. me, accountable. I have to do it for that person. And, you know, if you're not going to be your own biggest fan, if you're not going to be held accountable for your own stuff, you're going to hold yourself accountable and motivated, no one else is going to come out here and do it for you. Your whole life is going to pass you by and you're going to look back and say, "Mm, I wish I did X, Y, Z. Such an interesting thing about our society is everybody will tell you why not to do something or what you're doing wrong with something, but nobody will ever do it for you. So you always have to figure out what that is internally that's innate and intuitive that is making you go in a certain direction and go after it with blinding and blocking out other people's opinions of that now be, be receptive and open to feedback obviously but don't if there's naysayers and things of that nature just shut them out there's a difference between constructive criticism and then people just telling you no you can just tell and they'll always be there that's not even we're on episode 15 i feel like if i haven't driven that point home well enough it's like we really don't care what people say we really do not care Does it get to me sometimes? Yes, it does. But do I let it stop me? No, and it never will stop me. The fourth thing I do is I only look up to and surround myself with positive, uplifting go-getters at all times. Um, I don't envy people. I don't get jealous. I don't look up to – like, I don't have that in me. But what I do do is I look at people in the industry that I want to be in or the things that I want to do – and I watch them, or even if it's on TV, don't get me wrong, some of these people are not in my life, I'm not friends with these people, they're like in the entertainment business, and I look up to them and I watch their shows, and I'm motivated, and I'm just like, that's how I wanna be, like that's how I wanna do it, like she did it, I wanna do it her way. I'll be watching five women in their 40s, like killing it, and I'll be like, I wanna do it her way, because this other one did it this way, and this is what, I was just talking to you. I think you should switch that, and you should say, I wanna do it my way. No, listen, I agree, but you, I have to learn from people. This is, this is all new for me. So I have to watch people's business tactics, and that's what I do, and that's what I look up to. And so that inspires me and motivates me. I do not watch shows or talk to people or hang out with people who drain me, deplete me, or are just like, don't, don't, don't inspire something in me. I'm just not around that crowd. Um, you, I see you get up every day. You're at it. I've seen you at your low. I've seen you at your high. I've seen you maneuver through things when things don't even seem to be changing and you still go at it. You pivot. You never lose your zest. You know, it's like that's because I use zest. Got it. Got it. You know, like you keep going. And I have to say that my parents are very much my entire family is very much the same way. Um, They never, ever, ever give up. Um, negativity is just not even in our like books, like positive. Keep going. They can get down and out. We got we all get emotional. We have ups and downs. But never is quitting the answer and never is like a pity party or like a victim mindset or sitting around overthinking. I just didn't grow, grow up in that environment. Sure. So 
I make sure I surround myself with that and I make sure that even if I am on Instagram or I am consuming television or content, I am actually only obsessing over people that are like doing what I want to do and I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm reading their blogs, I'm watching their business models, I'm looking at their team, like who they hired. I'm watching and learning and trying to like research everything because that's what motivates me. I'm not watching the girl who's living off her man sitting on a beach. I'm not watching the girl who's running around with fake tits and lip injections living in an apartment and showing off that she has money but she really doesn't. I'm not looking at those people. I'm not, I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying that that's not what motivates me and that's not who I want to become. So I'm not envying those people. I'm not giving them any time of day either. Um, even people in our groups of friends and family, I'm not looking at anybody else. There's nobody else I want to be like right now. No one is at their thing where, where I'm trying to go. So why should I waste my energy on focusing what other people are doing if it's not going to help me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I direct and focus my energy and my attention in places of that's what I want. That's how I'm going to do it. This is my plan. I'm doing this wrong. I should change this about myself. That's how I keep going. Um, and that's what I kind of try to be around and listen to and, and observe. Um, I will say one person. Um who's not in my, is in your family and he's in real estate absolutely killing it and that mindset is so contagious to me like from the very beginning when i met him years ago in lansing he came to visit you i was just like this person is com- i set that person apart completely from the rest of them and it's because of just like how that person motivates himself gets themselves going builds themselves back up those are the kinds of people i pay attention to I don't care if you're my friend or if you're family or if you're not or whomever you are. When you spark that something inside of me by just how you're living your life authentically, those are the types of people that I'm drawn to. And I make sure that that's where I keep my focus. Sure. You you absorb the people that you're around the most or the people that you listen to the most. And, exactly. You know, there's that old saying like, hang around five billionaires, you'll become the sixth yeah. just because you learn and it's you're, true. and you're around their environment or, you know, and that could be anything. Hang out with five guitarists, you'll become the sixth. Yeah. Hang out with, you know, five entertainers, you'll become the sixth. Yeah. Uh, so it can be applied to a million different things, but it's so true. And so that's why you want to constantly surround yourself with people that are building you up and not trying to tear you down or have mm-hmm. opinions or have, you know, lower energy that's going towards you to try to say why you can't do something. Because usually what's happening in those scenarios is people are projecting their own fears or their own stuff at you. And uh, I don't know why people do that. It's just kind of how our society is structured. It's unfortunate. There is a saying that anytime someone's telling you no or looking down on you for something that you're trying to do or making fun of you or saying that you're not good enough, whatever it is, it could apply to anything, um, that person is usually doing less than you. Or has done less than you in their life. Um, Because they could be older. Usually it is older people. But you'll always look at them and say, hmm, okay, well, that's great and all that you have this opinion about me and whatever, but what have you done? Why should I listen to you? And you'll most likely get your answer. And then you won't care what they say. You really won't. Or their dreams just aren't as big as yours and they don't understand. You said something to me last week and you said, Nina, sometimes... No, you didn't say sometimes. You said, Nina, people judge or have opinions or are critical when they don't understand and they begin to assume and like that really resonated with me because if i have been around people who have been unsupportive or bashful like not bashful but bashing um they have been people who just didn't understand my vision they have been people who just didn't understand like how can she take a different path in her career 
and how that's is possible. That's one of the challenges because and they admit that when yeah when people don't understand, um, usually I feel like there's a judgment comes involved and they become dismissive, and uh, you know that's a it's a very uh, it's a very scary thing to play with because then that I think it restricts and limits people from what they could do once they reach that mind state, and so. I always just, you know, obviously keep moving forward with anything that I want to do and understand that you know, everybody everybody views situations from their, their level, point their point of view, their level of perception and their experiences, yeah. which have created, you know, programs in their subconscious about why they think they can or cannot do something. And it builds these mental barriers. And so the best thing you can understand is when somebody's coming at you, if they're not building you up and for some reason they're trying to tear you down, they're, they're not necessarily trying to tear you down. They're just projecting things internally from their point of view as to why they don't think they could do something. But it, it really has nothing to do with why you can't do something. So you should never give it a thought. And that's why I go, but go back to the first point. I already, I've, I've made my four points, but go back to the first one. We give one mental toughness and a dedicated attitude. It comes for you, yourself. Why do I care what like Tom, Dick, and Harry think about me? It's, I'm not living for them. This is my life. Once again, one of Nina's great examples <laughs> of names that names. nobody has. Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> I don't know any Tom, Dick, and Harry. The, only, the last time I heard that, it sounded like, like the, one of those books you learn to read on. Like, see Jane run. Watch Dick <laughs> kick the ball. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why, why do you have to care? And, and it takes time. And trust me, it's still hurtful, and I understand that. But you have to be dedicated to your own vision, your own dreams. And you have to be so self-loving and you know, see your worth in life in general, and then you're not going to care. You know, you're just, you're really not. You'll be able to stay focused on your grind. I think that's the best thing that I ever learned was not caring at all. You're really good at it. Like you're I, very, very good at I it. think that it's been so helpful for me. It has. Um, and when you just truly don't care at all about, you know, what others think or like just different things that are external circumstances to you, you should you like have this huge relief that gets lifted off your shoulders and it allows you to stay so focused and you just kind of move much more efficiently and quickly towards things you're going after here's my issue with that i don't care anymore i truly don't but and you don't either here's where you and i differ and i'm trying to work on it is when i when someone shows me that resistance in like sly comments or i can tell who supports and who doesn't like, I see everything. Like, I'm always looking at my dad on the back end. Or, like, if I'm in gatherings around friends or family, like, I'm very aware of the comments being passed or the things not being said. Like, I'm a very – I can pick up on vibes very, very quickly. And although I get kind of, like, uncomfortable at times, and, and I might not show it, but I am internally uncomfortable, I don't care. It doesn't stop me. It does not stop me from putting one foot in front of the other and working out what I'm going to I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to stop till I get what I want. But I absolutely, dude, cannot be around those. I limit my conversations. I limit my face-to-face -face with those people. I limit my interactions with them. Like, I, I completely retreat. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near those kinds of people. And I don't care what your relationship is to me. I just cannot be around you anymore. And... Trust me, like that's limited. Once a month, once every two months, I'm not going to reach out. Like, leave me alone, please. And that's why. You, on the other hand, you're very good at still talking, keeping a relationship, being there, showing up when you're asked. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're still good with that, and I'm not. It's I, okay. I just shut down completely. 
Yeah, well. And in my head, I just think, okay, well, you, out of my life, goodbye. Everyone operates differently, you know? Yeah. But I, but I like the way you do it because you can't just write people off in your life all the time. Yeah. You know, like that's not, I'm not saying that I'm right by any means. I'm saying that I, I like how you approach it. I'm just having a tougher time getting to that stage. Um, I'm only up, up until I don't care. I'm still going to do what I want to do. Don't talk to me. Or I'm not going to go out of my way to be around you anymore. And I really am only around people who support me. But it is what it is, I guess. We mm-hmm. all have to learn lessons. We're not all perfect. That's right. Um, let's go on to books. And before I start listing three books, I think that it's, you're talking about being limited. You know, you have to be limitless. You know, when it comes to how you approach your dreams and goals and how you stay motivated and the tips and tricks that you use. And when people try to come at you, you have to stick to your big vision and you have to believe in it. Even when there's naysayers around there, keep yourself motivated and keep going. Even when the chips like Lena are down against you, you're reading a book currently that explains the. How do I say it? Limiting beliefs like the, the beliefs, like the subconscious, like it's it's programmed and like. Here, here's an example for you guys because I know Brian's going to say this in very big words. If, say there's like Bob and Tom. Just don't make fun of my name. Hey, Bob and Tom. And nice like, to meet you. Listen, Bob and Tom both come from extremely poor backgrounds and both have parents and family members who are also very poor. And they both teach their kids like, you got to work hard for that dollar and you can only do X, Y, Z and we're never going to have money to send you to college. So you have to work really, really hard and get a promotion and hope someone gives you. So they have this like already like losing mentality that they grow up with. But as these guys get older, you have Bob who starts to just dream bigger than ever. Like he gets to high school and realizes like, oh, my God, I want to be a basketball player. And he's tall and he's got all the things for it. His parents can't afford lessons for him, whatnot. So he starts playing and practicing on his own. And he doesn't listen to anybody. He just does what he wants to do because it makes him so happy. And he just wants to be a basketball player. And even though he's not going to an Ivy League school and not getting drafted or whatever, he just like he's just at his craft, perfecting his craft time and time again. But then you've got Tom, who's just as tall, just as great, but is still just going to school, public school, listening to what his parents are telling him, and just dreaming for that desk job that he can get a promotion at. But he, his heart tells him he wants to become a basketball player. What? What's the difference here? Why does one make it and the other one doesn't? You know, it's because one let his subconscious programming from his family, from his youth and from society make him believe that he's never going to be a basketball player because he doesn't have the resources to get into an Ivy League school, to get in front of coaches, to get drafted. And then you've got another one who says, well, I'm just going to play on the weekends and I'll play every single day after school and I'm just going to get better at it. And, and one day I will. And he makes it. He doesn't let that programming, that limited belief system dictate his future. Yeah. I also think that in in scenarios I've seen too, and I've seen this in the business world a lot, is people that grew up in environments that were very hard in terms of like they had financial hardship. Maybe they had, you know, parents that didn't treat them right or parents that were on drugs or things of that nature. Um, They created this mindset that I will never put myself in the scenario if I can get out of it. And it actually has created like this 
you know, dramatic enhancement of their motivation and ambition because they're like, I've seen the worst of the worst when I was, you know, at such a poor level of my life and what I went through that it like turned them into somebody that like is extremely narrowly focused on reaching very big heights of success. they're, They're determined by... It's, it's, it's there's like that hungry stomach. Yeah, they're determined by like the negative consequences correct. they've seen in the past. So my dad, when as you we were growing up, always said that. I mean, you know his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, I never, when I was living in a basement apartment, like in a, someone's like room, I think, or a basement somewhere in Clark Summit, when he had moved here, and he's like, I went from being like a top notch attorney in India, like at the age of young age of 25 making money like single like living the life to just nothing when i moved here like my degree meant shit i could ba- barely speak any english like he's going on and on and he's like he always i don't think it was healthy but this is this is just his life and his perspective on it who am i to hate but he always just he's driven to this day still driven i never want to ever feel like i felt when i had five dollars in my pocket when I landed here at the airport in America, mm-hmm. I will never be that guy. With five. I will have whatever I want at any point that I want. And I will never, ever have that feeling or think that I have to skip a meal to save money. Because he had. There was times where he would skip dinner or skip lunch or skip breakfast or not, not eat for a day because he'd rather stack his money away mm-hmm. so that he could invest in properties. So that's what he was driven by. But I, now I, that knowing this and knowing that I grew up around this, I personally believe that you can have it all. I think that the journey can be great. I think that there's a happy medium and a happy middle, and I think it's all in your perspective. Um, it doesn't have to be that rough. It doesn't have to be that bad. Um, it's all in how you look at things and the choices and decisions that you choose to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, what was that point. book? Sorry, I kept talking there. The book that I'm currently reading? Yeah. Uh, the book that I'm currently going through right now is called Dianetics, and it's by L. Ron Hubbard. It's a New York Times bestseller. Um, but basically, it like goes into mental health and how, you know, he, he basically is breaking down the relationship, the metaphysical relationship between the mind and the body and how what you think affects your energy levels and things of that nature. And I didn't realize this until I was actually on a podcast earlier this week and the person was like, yeah, Dianetics, that's what they practice in Scientology. Like that, I didn't real. I knew that the author of the book was the same guy who created Scientology, but I didn't realize that some of these principles were implemented with that particular set of religious principles. And uh, so this is actually the first, now that I've realized this is the first book I've ever read that goes into topics, I guess, that are covered within Scientology. I've watched documentaries on it. And it always paints it in this like very negative light about how it's very corrupt on the inside I of the church. I don't know anything about Scientology. But I don't, besides, besides the stuff that I've watched in documentaries that have portrayed it in a very negative light, I don't really know much about it. Um, but this, this basically the principles in this book in my opinion, are really not that different than other self-help books I've re- I've read that go into like the metaphysical aspect of like thoughts become things. What you think about creates an energetic field that you can go after. Um, but I'm about halfway through it right now, and it basically just goes through, uh, you know, how to create mindset that allows you to succeed, and then also why people have negative mindsets or get stuck in repetitive patterns and how to overcome those types of things. And I actually learned about this book from a different sales book that I was reading. And the, the person in the sales book was like, if, you're, if you want to learn how to create a mindset for growth and how your thoughts affect what you're doing and the opportunities you attract and things of that nature, go read Dianetics. So that's how I actually learned about the book and uh, then realized like the author and the other things that he had created. But it's actually pretty fascinating. Like it, it uh, goes into a bunch of different areas about like, you know, how your subconscious 
is actually just recording data like your entire life. Um, and according to what this person says, even before you're born, like your subconscious is starting to extract information. And so you're basically in this process your entire life where your subconscious is just storing millions and millions of data points every single day. I'm just going to disrupt you for a second. So the reason I'm bringing this book up and the point that I'm trying to make with motivation today is that point you just made. We're constantly storing data even though we don't know it. We're constantly consuming something in our subconscious mind. You are feeding your brain something or you're being fed by someone or something around you, your surroundings and whatnot. However, here's where I shift it. It's up to you and I and everybody, anybody else who's listening to filter and to focus on the things that are good for you, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where I wanted to shift the thing is that we are in control of what we consume and what we believe. And if you want to say to me, well, I had the worst childhood ever of 20 years and I was programmed to do X, no excuses. You can shift that mindset and you can change your reprogram your subconscious mind in less than a year. It is Mm -hmm. absolutely doable to fit your vision and your dream and your goals. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, too, that some people don't always realize that while your brain is processing all these data points, it's funneling them into your subconscious and recording it. And so you got to be careful about what's reaching into your right. you know, state of awareness. So, for example, you're driving down the street. You don't really, you're not thinking about it because your mind's on autopilot while you're driving. But, like, you are literally recording and taking visual imprints of everything that's occurring. Like a person walking across the street, a car to your right, a stoplight, you know, turning green, a person walking and spills their coffee. Like, all these things are being recorded and stored within your subconscious. And they are going to be used in the future to help you analyze data points more effectively. So if you're all of a sudden driving down the street and somebody pops out from behind a car and jumps in front of yours by accident, you're probably, in the ensuing weeks after that, you're going to be a little more cautious and maybe drive a little bit slower in the future because you almost hit somebody that ran out in front of your car. Which is based on something that has happened in the past. And now you're reacting to it even though it's not happening. Exactly. And that's something that the book talks about a lot is how like people that have these implanted fears within them, they really don't have the fear of this thing. They have a fear based off past experiences of this thing. Uh, I'm going to use an example there that's going to be more maybe um, relatable to people listening. I think that when we're young and we all have these stupid relationships uh, growing up, thinking that it's, it's love and all these things, like, you know, kid stuff. And the whole, like, cheating thing happens for some people. I think that some people carry that into their adult life, you know, or like a one relationship that goes really, really bad. Those men and women continue to be extremely jealous and extremely controlling and extremely insecure, not because their current partner is a cheater or gave them any reason for being a cheater or hurting them. It's because of that past trauma that was just so bad for that experience then now they just keep like replaying that in their mind replaying that in their mind it's just the person's different but they're replaying the same scenario the same feelings the same thing and it's a very vicious cycle and you can apply this to anything in your life that and i'm and what you'll actually do i think if you're repeating that in your mind and you're starting a bunch of new relationships until you learn to move past it you'll attract those same types of people are going to attract the scene or you're going to be a self-sabotaging individual you're going to push away somebody who is actually good for you yeah so it's very important to one realize that we have a subconscious mind and we have these programmed beliefs in us from childhood or from young adulthood life and it's up to us to change them and reprogram them for the positive 
because every new one, I, I try to look at it this way. Every new unfolding di- moment is different. My first book sucked. It did great, but it sucked. Does that mean I'm going to carry this fear and not write the second one or be fearful of any constructive criticisms? No, it's a whole new book. It's a whole new thing. It's a whole new audience. It's a whole new way I'm going to do it again. Like people get so fearful and stuck of failure. I'm saying this in terms of failure that they just don't take that. They don't pivot and take the next step again. What I've come to learn is that if you from your in your conscious mind and this will come in with your subconscious because the more you do it, you'll start to reprogram your subconscious is that if you can have this visualization that every time you're thinking about something, it is creating an energy field around you that is guiding you towards that. So if you're thinking about, in this example that Nina brought up, like somebody who had a bad relationship in the past and they're continuing to think about that, it is now manufacturing an energy field that is pushing that type of energy out so that you will attract those same types of people again because then you'll learn your you'll go through that process again as a test and it will say did you learn something this time or are you going to keep doing that um, and that'll repetitively happen until you learn from that and you move forward. And so that's why it's always so good to really be conscious and intentional about what you're thinking because you will manufacture an energy field that'll put you in a direction towards your goals and desires. Yeah. Something else that kind of motivates me away from old programming and old thinking and old reactions is that don't you just at, at the end of the day always want to be happy and in a good mood? Why do you want something from the past why do you want to make up a story now and like apply it to your future or to your present moment and just put yourself in a bad mood again and again? Like, why do we want to be in a funk? We don't. Every human being inherently just wants to be happy. So then be happy. Stop being a victim of your past and let things go and understand that you have the power of your subconscious mind. Read books, listen to podcasts, learn how to do it, apply those techniques, and you'll change your life in a matter of a couple months. So that was Dianetics by who? Who was the author again? L. Ron Hubbard wrote that book. I have three more books. The Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. 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 Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. We always talk about this book, but it's so genius. And then The Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. I find Tony Robbins to be an extremely motivating person. And he actually helped me. Him and Drake both uh, got me through law school, I must say. I would say like during finals weeks or, or like the weeks. Remember we would start studying like a month in advance for like 12 hours a day. Um it would be a mix of Tony Robbins, some Drake in the car, back to some Tony Robbins, a little pop of classical music while I'm trying to memorize something. But I remember Tony Robbins on YouTube like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude is, his his presence, his voice, the way he describes things, the way that he like, he can just turn your mood upside like upside down for the better. Like he could just change your whole outlook for the day. If you, you know who does that for me? Who? Alan Watts. You ever listen to Alan oh, Watts? Oh, I love Alan Watts too. Yeah. Alan Watts is, he's, uh, is he still alive? I'm not sure. He may be. Um, but he was a very like esoteric mm-hmm. philo- philosophical thinker. Mm-hmm. And he's got some amazing stuff on YouTube when you listen to it that uh, is just very much like you listen to him and you're like, oh, wait, things are not as complicated as I'm making them yeah. out to be. They're actually really simple. You know, like an example of him that one I love to listen to is he goes, I'll always go to people that are that are graduating from school or like high school or college, and I can tell that they're not enjoying what they're doing. And I'll ask them, you know, what do you want to do? If, if money was no object, what would you want to do? And he goes, and then I'll have all the same responses. People will be like, I want to be a musician or I want to be a poet or I want to um, I want to go, you know, serve others and, and, and create a nonprofit or do, like, you know, help people build homes in, in a foreign country. Like he goes, and then what I'll tell them is do that. 
don't waste your time on trying to figure out how you can make a bunch of money and, and, and go after things that we've created through this societal matrix. He goes, go do that because before you know it, you're going to die. And then you're going to look right before, right when that's, when you're leading up to that, you're going to look back and say, did I make the decisions I was supposed to throughout my life? And did I do things that I truly, you know, am, am happy with? And don't get me wrong, you have to figure out how to monetize what makes you happy so that you can survive because we're all here about survival. That's what this Dianetics book talks about a lot too is how our subconscious is programmed for survival as well. It has some interesting ways that it analyzes that. But with Alan Watts, he basically is just saying in this particular example is, you know, figure out what it is that you think you're here for. You know, it's like those two questions I've mentioned in the past episode that I always like to ask people is, why are we here as a collective conscious species? But more specifically, why are you here as an individual? And that's what you want to figure and out. be patient with it. Like, it's not just going to drop out of the sky. You have to, like, try new things. You have to read about things. You have to go try that job out or try that gig out or be in that industry, whatever it is. You have to be patient with that process of figuring it out, too. I mean, that's where it all stems from. Only then can you be motivated towards it, right? That's not even what this episode's about. But something to your point that you just said, you said about uh, go do that thing that makes you happy and stop chasing the money. That's another limiting belief where people want to say, I can't be a rapper because I'm not going to make money. I can't do this because I'm not going to make money. Well, guess what? Those are the people that end up do making money. You have to take the step first. You have to make that action towards your dreams first. Then the universe comes in. Then the right people and the opportunities come in. It might take a year. It might take 10 years. We don't control that. But it absolutely comes true and happens for you in the right way at the right time. Um, that's a limiting belief. That's, that's what like, our parents tell us or society tells us. Like, you're going to be a starving artist. I, just, I don't believe that. Look at all the artists who are making tons of money and doing great. And they went through a lot of hard times to get there. Yes, it's not e- No one says it's not going to be easy, but it's po- it's going to happen for you, and it, it's absolutely possible. The second point was, um, lost my train of thought there. Oh, the limiting belief part, and then what did you just say before I was saying that about Alan Watts? He was basically saying, go at, find what Happiness. it is, like your purpose, and what makes you happy. Usually, if you can find what it is that makes you more happy than anything it's likely that that is probably a purpose for which you're here. That happiness, when you chase that happiness or like look for the thing that makes you happy and you become inherently happy with it, all the external things don't matter. The, how much money you're making, how much you're not, if people are criticizing you, ridiculing you, understanding you, judging you, if, it's your, if your road is a little bit tougher than yesterday, like when you're happy doing what you're doing, and I'm speaking this now from experience at this point, you just, you're able to block that noise out, dude, because you're just so happy. You realize that I'm happier doing this and none of that stuff matters to me. And that's when success and money chases you. You're not chasing it. You're, it's chasing you. Like happiness, uh, sorry, success and money will chase happiness. It's not the other way around. So you have to be happy. You have to be aligned with what you want to do. Have limitless beliefs. Don't be limiting yourself. Like, yes, you can make, it's 2019. You can make money doing anything. Seriously. Um, and once you get there, my, uh, the success and money will just follow you. That's, that's where the true magic happens. Um, quote, I have a quote. Hold on. Unless you have one. No, go ahead. Push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Um, probably four out of the seven days in a week, I think about this quote a lot. Because I just think, who else is going to do it? Mm-hmm. Who else is going to do it? I'm going to do it. I want this. And I have to do it. If you can't push yourself, you're going to be struggling. 
That's, that's the only person that you should rely on to push yourself. You should never rely on external factors. I mean, those are great. Don't get me wrong. But here's the big differentiator. If you allow external factors. What do you mean by external factors? Like um, maybe there's somebody that really builds you up, for example, in a good way, right? That's like, yeah, you can do it. You know, go after this. You can do it. Oh, yeah. um, or maybe your external factors is like a certain material possession that, that once you hit this goal, you're able to obtain. Like maybe you have like, oh, once I get to this goal, I can buy a new car. I can do this, right? Um, those external factors may not always be there first and foremost. And they are not the things or people that are walking in your shoes every day to get you to where you're going. So you have to understand and educate yourself and program yourself mm -hmm. to believe that you're the only and most important person that exists to help you reach where you're going. And once you're able to do that and really absorb that within you, that's going to give you the motivation to go through even the most hard of times. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's very well said. I also think that you have to push yourself. And in doing that, you have to kind of be a little bit focused and a bit selfish. Like, some of us tend to be givers in our life, you know, and we put our spouses first, we put our families first, you know, some people who kids put their kids first. You cannot be your best self until you're putting yourself on the best path. Until you focus on yourself and get yourself aligned and, you know, I'm going to say it again, fill up your own cup. Only then can you be your best self for everybody else. Then you're happy, then you're full, then you're motivated, then you're inspired and you can be the best version of you in all areas of your life. But you have to understand that you come first. You have to stay focused on your grind. Your friends aren't going to do it for you. Your family's not going to do it for you. Your you know, significant other's not going to pick up the slack for you. You have to stay true to yourself and push yourself on those days that you're not motivated. And be disciplined enough. This is not a quote, but be disciplined enough to acknowledge like, okay, I'm not that motivated today. You know what? I'll sleep in one hour extra, but I'm going to time batch the rest of my day and within four hour time period I'm going to set my alarm I'm not going to get up off my desk until I'm finished with what I have to attain today I'm going to hit all my goals do things like that for yourself reach your goals do them every single day push yourself motivate yourself give yourself a pep talk whatever the heck it is but then be malleable in how you approach it it's all it's all about that balance that everyday balance like Monday is great Tuesday sucked Wednesday I was up again Thursday I was eh gave like you know half-assed kind of and then like moseyed around the mall like that's okay as long as you got it all done and you did it mm -hmm. so absolutely well said got. that's all i've got today cool well i think that was a pretty good one we covered a lot of ground we did hopefully you guys enjoyed it yeah hopefully you guys get value our whole point is to like give value so if you guys get like anything valuable out of this be sure to share it with us because we love to hear from you guys um trying to think. also if there's any specific topics that you would like us to cover reach out to us, shoot us a note, shoot us a DM, and we would love to explore it and see if it's something that aligns with what we can do. But we definitely want to make sure that everything that we're speaking about is things that you want to hear. And if there's new topics and you want to learn more about us or ways that we approach things that have been successful or different areas that we've tested, just shoot us a note and let us know. Yeah, maybe there's a topic we already talked on, but we didn't go in deep enough. You yeah. Know? Whatever it is, reach out to us. We, we'd love um, to hear your feedback and deliver what it is that you guys want. Sure. And if you really like it, we would appreciate it if you shared it around with your friends so that we can help them as well. You're really pimping yourself out right Pimp. now. Pimp! Gang. All right, guys. Proper. See you next week. All right. Later. <laughs>